Brothers and sisters, friends and comrades, this is the PRC Show. I am your host, Paul Cooley, and thank you for listening. Happy New Year. It's been a while since I've had a new show up, but a lot of things have been going on. Today on the show, we have my two friends that are expert film gurus, um, Sean and Peter. We're going to talk about most, if not all, of really the great films of 2013. And I just want to play this clip and uh, you know, from our t- talk. And this is just a criticism Peter had that I shared about a film that we will talk about later. My problem is... It's 2013, and I understand it's supposed to be showing a milieu of, like, what was going on and, like, attitudes towards women, but I still find in 2013 that I'm watching a movie where virtually all the female characters are prostitutes or victims. Okay, so stick around to see what uh, that comment is referencing what particular film. Um... It's a great talk. It's a long talk. We go through a ton of different films of 2013 that they saw, um, and they're all like good, uh, smart films. Um, New Year's resolutions. Are we following through? Are people doing these things? Uh, You know, I'm, I'm trying to eat less meat in January. I'm trying to be basically a borderline vegetarian. Then February, when February comes, the whole month of February, 100% vegan. Aside from possibly honey. But I'm going to be vegan for February. I did it last year. I'm going to see if Josh is going to do it. I know his his uh, most important holiday is uh, Valentine's Day, which is odd. But um, So he has to go to like some Valentine's Day dinner with his uh, sweetie. But uh, I'm going to do uh, vegan again for February. Now, I do have a resolution. And that resolution is I want to be a better person to my wife. And what I mean by that is... You know, I just, uh, I'm trying to be just all around a better person, but, um, I don't want to take her for granted. Not that we've had any problems. I mean, we did get a real Christmas tree and that resulted in a a fight, which was, uh, very unpleasant, but, um, it was nice though, having the real tree. I got to admit it, it was, uh, the smell was nice. Um, but I'm very fortunate. Listen, I have a beautiful, extremely beautiful, intelligent, funny, athletic, um, very smart, uh, person that I live with, uh, my wife. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't believe in soulmate type things, but, um, I mean, she puts up with me. I'm, I can be extremely annoying. I mean, I think you can, you know that you can only get probably 45 minutes or a dose of this show and and want to turn it off. Um, but I'm extremely lucky to have her. So I'm going to try to be a little bit better of a person. Uh, I'm also training for the Pittsburgh Marathon in uh, May, which I'll talk about a little more probably in other shows. Anyways, um, we did have we have had some letters, and I want to get to them. Um, I can't read them all, but I get a ton of them. And here, let me let me just read this one here. So, dear Paul, I love your show. I've had a uh, a lot of time on my hands because I've recently lost my job. Well, hey, hey, a lot of people have. I can understand that. And your show helps me get through the day. It's been pretty cold here in New Jersey, and I love cranking up my heat, cleaning my house uh, while I listen to your show. Um, I do that too, actually. I like to listen to things while I clean, like uh, podcasts and stuff. Uh, By the way, have you seen the film American Hustle? I have, and we talk about that. I didn't like it. As a career political operative, that film really hit home for me. It was a great film. Um, Love the show. Thanks. Uh, Bridget Ann Kelly. 
and uh, it says uh, former deputy chief of staff to Chris Christie. Huh. All right, Bridget. Well, good luck. Um, next letter here. Dear Paul, can you please do a show where you don't interrupt your guests? All of them are more articulate than you, and I'd like to hear what they have to say. Your show isn't bad, but you need to try harder and be more like Paul Harvey. Boy, I truly miss Paul Harvey. He has the he was the world's greatest broadcaster. I loved his deep, sweet baritone voice, and he was a looker as well. Honestly, I loved his views and voice so much, I recorded his shows and listened to them over and over again to help alleviate the anger I had towards my husband, Ned. Perhaps I shared too much. Edna from Van Wert, Ohio. Well, Edna, that's odd behavior, and um, I don't know why you were angry at Ned, but uh, I appreciate the letter. So maybe you'll like this one. I don't think I interrupt Peter and Sean that much, but you got to get the show moving. You know, if you don't interrupt, some of these people can just drone on and on and on. So you got to kind of keep it moving. Okay, one of the things I've been trying to do more is read the paper, particularly the Sunday paper, New York Times. Now, there was an article this past Sunday, today, January 19th, the day before Martin Luther King Day, about, uh, it's titled, For the Love of Money, it's by Sam Polk. He's a former hedge fund trader and the founder of this nonprofit group called Grocery Ships. I don't know, it does something for helping poor people get groceries. I don't really know what that is. Anyways, he says something in this um, article that really got me thinking, um, actually currently about addiction. I'm currently reading a book by um, Gabar Mar Matei about addiction. Um, that's a really great book. It's, I'll talk about that some other time. Anyways, I had a friend once that said capitalism is a mental disorder. <laughs> um, and she said that with all sincerity, that uh, it's, it's true, this has been studied, that capitalism is a mental disorder. And he, which is, I never really thought about that at the time. I just thought, she, you know, she's a raving Marxist. Um, very angry person. And I love her. I would like to have her on the show at some point. Very brilliant person as well. Now, this guy, Sam Polk, says that he was addicted to drinking too much, doing some drugs, but he really became addicted to wealth. He wanted to, not wealth, but just making money. You know, he became a millionaire. He would get bonuses of several million. They weren't enough. He kept comparing himself to other people, even though he had everything. He had a beautiful wife, blah, blah, blah. But he was very empty. Um... And he, he kind of says that, you know, there needs to be like a addiction, you know, we have uh, AA for Alcoholics, Narcotics Anonymous, we need um, support group for wealth addicts. And um, I was like, oh, this is what my friend said, kind of. Now, let me read this. Uh, sorry, the paper's a little loud here. <laughs> um, okay, he says, I always looked enviously at the people who earned more than I did which I don't really do that. Um, now, f as he's coming to a realization that this life isn't for him, after, of course, he's, after he's made a ton of money, uh, for the first time, I was embarrassed for them and for me. I made in a single year more than my mom made her whole life, who was a nurse practitioner, who they make pretty good money, by the way, like probably close to six figures, depending. I knew that wasn't fair, and, and that wasn't right. Yes, I was sharp, good with numbers. I had marketable talents, but in the end... I uh, didn't really do anything. I was a derivatives trader, and it occurred to me that the world would hardly change at all if credit derivatives ceased to exist. Um, so I'm glad he said that. I, uh, that's obviously true. I don't really even know what my point is here, other than this article 
really just enraged me. And maybe that's obviously I, that's a good thing. I don't know. Um, you know, can I talk about the Beanie Baby guy real quick, and then we'll get on to the show. You know, there's this guy, Ty Warner, who evaded uh, millions of dollars in taxes. I guess he had like um, he had like twenty four million dollars, avoided paying like five point six million dollars in federal taxes. He put him in like Swiss banks and all that stuff. And he was going to go to jail, but because he was such a great guy and he gave a lot of charity, and there's these great stories of him just like giving sick people money and all that stuff. Um, he's just getting a, to do community service, and it's better for him to be out doing his um, charitable work than behind bars. And you know what? Maybe that's true. I don't know. But it's disgusting to me that a man made $2.3 billion making Beanie Babies. Okay? Beanie Babies. Um, now, who were those be- Beanie Babies made by? More than likely, probably babies or young kids um, in the third world. I'm sure they weren't made by, uh, you know, uh, Larry and Frank in uh, some factory in the United States making 20 bucks an hour, um, able to make enough money to, uh, well, 20 bucks an hour isn't even that much nowadays, uh, put money away for their college kids. Probably, you know, sweatshop labor. Um, but anyways, this is the kind of thing that just enrages me. I can't shake this rage. Now, and I don't hate rich people. You know what I mean? Like, I, uh, and, and I don't have rage against athletes making a ton of money. Like, uh, Andrew McCutcheon won the MVP. You know what? He makes a lot of money. He's overpaid in terms of uh, what a teacher makes and all that stuff. But that's the way the market goes there. I don't know why this is a contradiction in my views, but Beanie Babies, $2.3 billion is a lot more than the whatever McCutcheon makes a year. I don't know, 10 15 million dollars a year I don't even think he makes that much actually it's just uh, I don't want to keep talking about this so sponsors this week this week we are sponsored by to balance things out a little uh, Marxist historian E.P. Thompson the essential E.P. Thompson now this is a collection of his um, dense historic uh, theory writings Um, now he's a guy that kind of uh, coined he didn't coin the term. Somebody else coined it. History from below. He started to say, you know, let's look at everyday life, <clears throat> uh, particularly among the working class. We don't need to just study the great men of history. We need to look at people, um, see how uh, people actually lived, uh, patterns of history. What did it say? E.P. Thompson was one of the most visionary and influential historians of the 20th century. So read him, okay? Read this book. Read uh, The Making of the English Working Class if you can. And then uh, send me an email at prcshow at gmail.com, prcshow at gmail.com, and tell me about E.P. Thompson. You know, if you really like E.P. Thompson and you read a lot about him, let's talk about him on the show. Tell me why I should read him. All right. Now let's uh, get on the more fun, entertaining talk about film with Sean and Peter. saw two. All right. Um, let me ask that question again. How many Terminators were there? I think there's three. I'm pretty sure there were more than three. Peter? Well, I like studied Terminator, uh, the film franchise, <laughs> as part of my master's program, and um, I'm pretty sure that there are also three. Well, I have Peter and Sean in here, my two uh, film buff guru friends, and we're going to talk about the 
some of the good movies of 2013, and uh, they didn't see all of them, but they saw more than two, and I think I've seen maybe three. Um, so we have a list here. We're just going to plow through them. And what's funny is I said, oh, I'd like to talk to you guys about uh, the best movies of 2013. And you're like, oh, well, we didn't see that many. And so here's the list of movies that you've seen. American Hustle, Wolf of Wall Street, Gravity, The Hunt, Blue Caprice, Blue is the Warmest Color, Ain't Them Body Saints, Francis Ha, Carrie, To the Wonder, Blue Jasmine, Only God Forgives, Monsters You. That's a lot of movies. So that's pretty decent. That's a pretty decent amount. Now I want to first talk about the blues. Out of the three blues, and I mean the movies that have blue in the title, Blue Caprice. Am I saying that right? Blue is the warmest color, and Blue Jasmine. Um, which one was your favorite blue? Blue Jasmine, definitely for me. And why is that? Who who made Blue Jasmine? Is that a was that Woody it, Allen? No, yeah, that was another Terminator film. That was Woody Allen, right? Yeah. Yes. And um, what is this a European thing? He doesn't do movies in America anymore. No, this is set in New York. San Blue- Francisco. Oh, San Francisco, sorry. <laughs> oh, was it really like filmed yeah, in San yeah. Francisco? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. And what was it about? Well, it's about a socialite um, who is played by Kate Blanchett, who recently, um, I guess I don't want to give too much away, yeah, right. but um, recently... Um, kind of falls from her pedestal if you will oh, okay. Okay. Um, her relationship with her husband um, who it is suggested was perhaps not the most trustworthy of people and gained his wealth through you know oh, okay. suspicious ways oh, okay. and so she's fallen on hard luck and is forced to stay with her um, her sister, sister yeah who is not nearly as kind of high in the social stratosphere as she was. Oh, okay. okay. She kind of look, looks down upon her, but now she's at even kind of a lower level than her sister is. And it it's kind of very obvious that she has some very severe mental health problems. Kate Blanchett. Yes, the socialite. I like, Kate Blanchett. I like her. Yeah, and her performance is really amazing. Did in you this movie. see her in um, the, uh, the last Indiana Jones where she plays the Soviet? No, I did not see that movie. I I thought that movie was um, underrated. I Seriously? Was, yeah, I thought it was actually... My wife did not like it, but... Um, the Crystal Skull? She's a... <laughs> when you <laughs> that makes it sound bad, but I know you're just, uh, just... You're just saying the title of the movie, but it makes it sound terrible <laughs> when you say that. Um, yeah, I just... She's very attractive, let's be honest. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I don't know. She gave a very strong performance. I think in that movie. I'm being serious. I I believe that there there are other things she'd probably like higher on her resume. Yeah, yeah. What other? What's the? Well, she won an Academy Award for The Aviator. Uh, what's the but, one where she plays like the journalist in Ireland? Is that in Ireland? Is that Veronica Guerin? Yeah. Yeah. Was she in that? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Great. That's probably her best movie. And she played a Queen Elizabeth in Elizabeth, right? Oh, that was amazing. But let's, can we agree that Veronica Guerin's probably her best role? Well, I didn't see it. No, Elizabeth. She does. She did both of them. She was good in those. So, um, was is this a, was this a little bit different Woody Allen type of film? It sounds like it. Well, it was more his serious realm. I mean, his movies span the. From, was this like Interiors? It's not as heavy as Interiors because Interiors was like the Bergman, Bergman esque 
style, but this what it means. okay. Well, Ing- Ingmar Bergman. Okay. Okay. The well, Seven anyway, Seal. but this was uh, oh, this was okay. more on the this was more on the on on the serious side of his. It wasn't like the case of the Jade Scorpion. Right. Right. Okay. Right. Um. Okay. The other blue. So you're gonna give that a. Uh, what can we use for like two? Well, we usually use like a four star rating system, and you can give. Let, let's give credit. Uh, we we stole this liberally, but very respectfully from the recently deceased and much loved Roger Ebert. So we'll give this a two thumbs up. Well, uh, he uses the four star system for when he does it by himself, right? And so I would I would definitely say for Blue Jasmine like a four star. Four yeah. stars. Okay. Four, three and a half, four. I'll I'll go with four. Now I heard about this. Since we're talking about the attractive Kate uh, Blanchett, and I don't mean to sound like a chauvinist here, but blue is the warmest color. I heard about this film that there is a very long, possibly overwrought, steamy, um, lesbian adult interaction scene. Lesbian scene, yes. Mm-hmm. And um, this was getting a lot of rave reviews at uh, the Con Film Festival. Yeah, when the it? It, yeah when the Palm Door, which is the highest honor. Yeah, and um, but it's it's a long movie, right? It's about three hours. Mm-hmm. Right? Too long, right away. That knocks it down a star for me. It's in it's in French. I, I, by the way, I've not seen it. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> in French, it's gonna have to be really good then. But um, what do you guys think of this movie? Well, let's also mention that the two actresses. Um, shortly after the film kind of won all its plaudits um, came out very openly against the film and its director saying that um, in essence they felt like they, they were made a porno. well they were made to prostitute themselves for the film and the, the director actually uh, Tunisian born um, did not handle it very well so it ended up turning into this like slanging match where they were Whoa. just throwing nasty comments back at each other so the the two f- what, what, what do you mean they were just like we had to be naked too much and you know we didn't like all this but just all the sex all the sex they had to to perform basically they felt it was like a very invasive process and that he forced them into positions not physical but emotional uh, positions where they felt very uncomfortable and that you know he wasn't mm-hmm. trying to make this a positive experience he was trying to kind of like invade their space and invade their kind of privacy I guess so it wasn't just like the sexual thing it was more deeper than that to, to from what they said for them yes it was it's like well why did they I don't know the, Yes. Why are you going through this? You know, this is your. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to say. Once you're in, you're in it. Now, but what did you guys think? Uh, what's the director's name? Ooh, I don't know. Okay, not important. I, um, what? Um, <laughs> I believe he would beg to differ. Yeah. Um, what did you guys think? It was oak. It was a good. It was a good movie. It did not. What deserve, was it about? It was basically about the this lesbian couple's relationship. In they, their twenties, they, they're out of college. They're on um, a road what, trip. Twenties, probably. They fall in love. Well, the the it, one is is in high school when we meet her, and by the end, she's kind of a couple years out of college, and the one she meets is already in college. So it actually focuses on the main character Adele, and her kind of growth 
Is and is the lesbianism like a struggle of like identity, or is it more like a just the the the, the struggles of a relationship? Both, both, because the one the one woman is is seeing men also during the film, and that becomes a a point of conflict, a point of contention. But it's also a lot of just their relationship. It's just a romance film. In, it doesn't sound very good, other than the they're both attractive and it, it's it's kind of a coming coming of age. It's a little bit of a romance. It's, Why do you think it got such great reviews? Is there a lot of great cinematography or music or what? What else is making this movie such a great? I, well, Sean, I remember you saying that you felt that there was a lot of really kind of wonderful detail, the use of color. Remember? Yeah, I mean, yeah, just the so the use the of blue use of blue the, in the film. Just like they they really went out of their way to really give the the film a certain look in, in terms of you know blue and, and so the uh, story and the acting is kind of um, not as doesn't well, get as much of the rave and the whatever as the uh, I mean that, that well, might be no. good but the other stuff all the the additional the, frizzle the, frazzle the bells act, and whistles the acting is pretty intense the two actresses I mean despite or I don't know whatever their feelings their personal feelings may be mm-hmm. about how they felt they were treated um gave incredibly committed performances and it is a very kind of you know soul laid bare experience to kind of watch them in this incredibly intimate and it's not just the sex where it's intimate it's like there are these intense close-ups of them when they're crying when they're eating it's it is it is that kind of invasive yeah, i mean i don't know if i can recommend that though well and it and it it was a french movie and it didn't have that like hollywood movie feel to it it didn't have like a forced happy ending okay and so i mean it was it was a good movie it didn't three deserve... hours though that's a slog yeah it probably I mean, it didn't need to be i gotta three go to the hours. bathroom you know what i mean it's that's too much don't you think did you think it was a little bit 20 minutes too long maybe it was it was too long all right i now, how would you rank that against um, another blue movie, Blue Caprice? You guys really like these blues. We were in our blue period. Yeah. It, was it good? It was good. Who made it? Oh, golly. I don't know. Who's in it? I don't, um, Isaiah Washington is in it. Uh, he's really the only name, I think. Who was he in? He was in Grey's Anatomy. He kind of gained notoriety for using a, a gay slur against another one of the actors. Ah, a yeah, he had to go through yeah. that thing where he had to, like, attend, you know... Anger management. At, yeah, he called like, somebody the F word or something? Yes. Okay, whatever. But, so but this did... movie was good. It wasn't... What's it about? Well, it's about the DC sniper, the, the oh, factual events right, in the... Right, um, right, right, right. Back th- there was... And his a, son, probably, right? Well, it's kind of... It's not his son. It's his kind of adopted son. He kind of takes this kid under his wing and kind of... Uh, uh, he's very embittered and angry about his wife left him, took the children, he was treated wrongfully, he can't see his kids, and he decides, I'm going to take this out on the whole... The whole world is against me and to blame, and I'm going to punish the whole world. So... I would say the the hallmark of a good film is you take a guy that you don't like, and by the end of the movie, you like him. Now, do you now feel sympathetic to this guy? Do you want to go and sort of rescue him from prison and all that stuff? Well, can we kind of backpedal and take umbrage with your hallmark of a good film? Yeah, because I, sure. agree- I don't agree with that. Okay. I, I mean, I feel that you can take a character who, for all intents and purposes, shouldn't be liked and bring complexity okay, fair and understanding without you necessarily, like, 
ending up rooting for him. Right, right. Did I, you feel like you were rooting for him? Or how, no, no, certainly not. No, certainly not. But you what, felt like you understood him? Or you were sympathetic? Or you, you kind of had a little bit more compassion for him? Not or? sympathetic, but just understood what was making him tick, the, I think. Yeah, there was, like, I guess you could say, a little bit of interest in kind of the complexity of his mania. I know that sounds so no, no, no. dense. I, no, I I actually and, and wonder... His character was developed in the movie, and they did, I think, a relatively good job with that. I find that an interesting subject, to do a film about that. Almost like, why would you make that film? Well, uh, well, no, I think that in, in instances like that, in instances like um, Gus Van Zandt made uh, his film Elephant... That was made very shortly after Columbine. There are these films that serve not necessarily to help us understand because they don't seem to answer any questions about them, mm-hmm. but perhaps give us some type of an outlet. Yeah. Well, I was thinking about this, and please speak, speak bring closer to the mic too. You guys are a little bit soft spoken. Sorry. All right. That's all right. Um, I was thinking about this this morning about Sandy Hook. And like, what if they made a movie about that? Like, I this is weird. This is the first thing I said to my wife this morning. This is what I talked. This is how I talked to her. I said, "Why did that guy kill those people in Sandy Hook?" And she's like, "Nobody knows, Paul." Actually, she might have called me dear. I don't know. But it's like I don't know why. This is like a year later, and th- that bothers me. Um, and it made me think, like, what if they made a movie about that? And I started thinking, like, you get into this kid's head, and you, uh, this kid has all this rage, and he's upset, and he's like, I'm just going to go kill some my mom and some kids. Now, I hate to bring this to be, the, be a downer, because I start crying here, but honestly, what, what, what would that movie look like? You know, I mean, how could you, you're just going to... Well, I guess the problem with trying to make films about subject matters like these is when you try and assign a particular reason right you end up either kind of creating scapegoats right yeah or you end up kind of giving people a false notion of like oh it's an easily assignable did you feel that with this movie oh if he would have had this therapy no it i mean i don't know sean well, this movie's different. Blue Caprice would would be different than the Sandy Hook thing because you're you're kind of dealing with the relationship between two people, like the father and the son, which, and there's that relationship uh-huh. with the, the adopted son kind of thing. So there's kind of that relationship too, which makes it more but interesting. You, but do you feel at all like, oh, if this would have happened, if he would have somebody would have treated him differently or if this person would have intervened like during his work environment and he went then then he wouldn't have like there was an opportunity like hey are you doing okay and the guy didn't like follow up and take him out to the bar and have him empty his his emotions or something it's interesting because he he has a friend in the film you know he has this kind of uh husband and wife that are oh gosh if you'll pardon the term are a little bit wt um do you know white trash? Oh, okay. sorry. Um, and I like how you you know want to censor that. Yeah. Well, no, I mean that's 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 a really offensive kind of term. Yeah, but I just agree. for the sake of brevity, now that I've spent that much time going over what WT meant. Um, oh, and he's a black guy, right? Yes. Oh, that's interesting. But no. so he has this couple, and you know, you theoretically think, oh, this is a positive relationship there are some problems there but it's not like you know everyone's against him 
But I mean, I guess the thing is with stuff like that, you know, he's angry at his wife, he's angry at the world, and theoretically his wife, you know, could have treated him better, could have had a better relationship. Is there with racial him. stuff in this? Is his wife white? Is there like a no, there's not really not no, really. But I think it's just it's a catalyst. It doesn't really matter what it is. It was kind of a matter of just time. Of something else something, probably right. would have come along and did the same thing with him. Okay, what are we gonna give this star wise? Three? I give it three. Yeah. Which is good. Solid. Okay, both three stars. You know, did we give the other movie stars? I feel like we gave um uh We gave Blue Jasmine four or three and a half. And we yeah. gave um Blue is the warmest color, I I would say three. Yeah. Two and a half, maybe. Uh, no, I could go up to three and a half, but I think like a solid three inching upwards. Well, the fact that it's three hours for me, it's starting at a three. That's the best it can get when I see it. Well, I don't, I don't have that rating. So I that's the rating system. I and unless it has to really be exceptional and like knock my socks off. All right, I want to talk about American Hustle because this is, and I've had this discussion with you guys before. This is one of these movies, and I've had this encounter one time, and it was with Sean actually. I saw the movie The Hours. I left the theater thinking, great movie. The acting was great. It was well done. It moved me along in the story. It wasn't slow. I, many people think that movie is slow. I didn't think it was. I thought it was well done, but I did not like it. I, I didn't even enjoy the experience. I was upset. I didn't like any of the characters for the most part. Now, honestly, now that I'm a little bit more mature, and if I go back and see that movie... I'm a little more sympathetic to mental illness and stuff like that. I might appreciate it and like it, you know, more than I did when I saw it. But I just remember thinking, like, wow, that was definitely a good movie, but I don't like it. And that's what I feel about American Hustle. Did not care about any of these characters. I thought the acting was great by all the characters. I mean, mm-hmm. Amy Adams, uh, Lawrence. Um, I just saw her in uh, the little kid movie where they kill each other. What the heck's that called? Hunger Games. Hunger Games. She's a whole different person in this. I mean, that's... And I saw Winter's Bone. This is a... She's a fine actress. Um, and then the guy that screams at people, he's a great actor, too. Bradley Cooper. No, the oh, guy Christian that has Bale. anger management issues. Yeah. Okay. He, he's a superb actor. Can we agree with that? Yeah, sure. Christian Bale. I still think you're talking about Bradley Cooper. The screamer? Yeah, he screams... I'm saying with in the life. curly... Okay. In real life, he screams at people. Oh, oh, yeah. Like the Terminator oh, thing. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, th- there's a theme. We have a screamer in the movie and a screamer yeah, in real yeah, life. Yeah. So, um, but anyways, there's no redeeming characters in this movie. I wouldn't agree with that. Who cares about... Um, let, so let's just say that we, we can... Uh, so for po- folks that haven't seen the movie, this is about an app scam, uh, the app scam uh, corruption scandal that uh, was in the... 1980, I think. Late 70s. Late 70s, where um, there was uh, some New Jersey uh, politicians that were being caught taking bribes at the FBI. Was it the FBI? Yeah. Kind of set up. Mm -hmm. And there might have been some entrapment. And they used um, a convicted con artist to go after these guys. Um, It's like, hey, we'll lessen your sentence or, you know, if you help us out. And, um, you know, that's an interesting story. Now, one of the other problems with this movie is it's a little too long, again. Oh, I didn't. I don't agree. I mean, it wasn't that. How long, long was it? It was. It was two hours and fifteen. Okay, minutes. maybe it wasn't that long. But what's your thoughts? Well, I mean, maybe we could tie this into Wolf of Wall Street uh, a little bit later. I know I'm jumping ahead, but um, I felt that there were redeeming qualities to the characters. Um, 
and I guess the depiction of the Amy Adams and Christian Bale characters who were the con artists who were mm-hmm. entrapped into helping yeah. I felt that there was maybe manufactured but a little bit of a kind of roguish quality to those characters that they were plucky that they you know were doing things wrong but they were also in their own ways like entre- lovable entrepreneurial and yeah. so there was that kind of lovable yes quality to them which didn't mean you had to endorse them but I walked out of there at least feeling a little bit better that they I felt like they were losers like to me they wouldn't maybe I'm, I watch movies like in a too personal way that like I would not want to hang out with these people well but a movie movies can be about more people than people you'd want to hang out with well if, uh, make me sound yeah Th- that's a good point um uh but like the subject matter would be pretty pretty limited for films if <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point uh but no, but there were some. Um, so there were those characters, and there was like the mayor of Camden. He was easily the most sympathetic and the person that you're rooting for. Carmine Polita. Yeah. Right. And he was a he that guy was a great actor too. Who is that guy? I've seen him a little bit of stuff. Jer- he's Jeremy Renner. He yeah. was from The Hurt Locker. That's right. I've never seen The Hurt Locker, but I did see him in the um, the Bourne movie. The next. The next. Supremacy. Yeah, like the fourth one or whatever. He was good in that. He was also, I think, in uh, The Avengers. I also um, did my second master's degree on that franchise. Oh, very good. Yeah, those are good. Um, but I don't know. Th- did you like it, Sean? American Hustle? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was excellent. Why? I, it was a it was a really interesting story. It was well done. Like you said, the acting was good. The dialogue was good. The writing was good. It really moved along. Robert De Niro was, cameo. Did that really add anything? Well, that really wasn't a cameo. I don't consider that a cameo. I consider that a small role. But I thought it was fine. I mean, I thought he... I certainly don't think it detracted from it. That was actually one of the better... I did kind of like that scene, because that was a, a tense scene, and yeah, but... Um, I well, don't know. Let me... I think there's one quote that I really like that I think can... You can maybe do something with it in terms of, like, you can just throw it away, or you can use it to kind of mm-hmm. analyze the film. But when they're sitting at the, the gallery one scene with the FBI agent and um, Christian Bale's character. Yeah. Uh, and they're talking about the forgery, right. the Rembrandt. I think it was a Rembrandt. Anyways, um, Christian Bale says to him, you know, the world isn't black and white the way you think it is. Like the world's yeah, these yeah, wonderful yeah. shades of gray. It's just a whole lot of yeah. gray. And I think that's kind of the way you look at the characters and that good or at least positive qualities can also exist with very negative qualities and you don't have to pigeonhole these characters and say well I don't like this character because they're bad or I like this character because they're good that you can say I like parts of this character and I dislike parts of this character. Well that's a very good point and I think maybe that's one of the reasons why I didn't like the film as much because it's a little too real it's a little too the world is shades of gray and that's that's all the world. I want to go to a movie and see black and white. I want to see a good guy, and I want to see a bad guy, and I want to see the bad guy, you know, get um, his punishment. And here, it's like, the FBI's not good, the criminals aren't good. I mean, there there's shades of, I mean, they're sort of good, but, you know what, thinking about it, though, I do like, um, I do like Bradley Cooper's character, and it sends that, I mean, he's the ultimate loser, really, and that's just fun to watch him. I mean, maybe that's because I'm person but I, I don't have any sympathy for him a, a slight bit yeah. and just his 
I thought he's he's a good actor too. Let's be honest. It's strange that you like The Wire so much, because that really has a lot of the gray. Uh, you know, the cops aren't all good. The 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 you know the criminals aren't all bad. It it's kind of gets into, tries to get into no, the complexity. It's, it's it's um, I think it's murkier in this movie. The Wire, like the, there's circumstance of why people are selling drugs and what environment they're in. Well, where these folks are more like. I don't know. I have to think about that longer. Well, and I think what might also be causing the conflict is the fact that even though it's more like real life, it's also very comedic and very stylized. So there seems to be that conflict of we're showing you something, you know, that shows the kind of multiplicity of human behavior, the complexity of how no one's completely good, completely bad, and yet it's also a little slapstick it's also a little flashy. It's also like a period piece that allows you to kind of like giggle at like hairstyles. So yeah, it, it, it does have that weird juxtaposition. And, and with The Wire, like I could put myself in the shoes of those characters and be like, okay, yeah, that's probably what I would do. If I was like uh, a young black guy living in where my parents were, whatever, super poor, and that's the way to get by. I can put myself in Frank Zabotka's shoes. If I'm the union president, maybe I have to be a little bit of corrupt just to kind of like make sure that, you know, I still get jobs for my uh, members and all that stuff. I can sort of make those compromises and feel good about it. But this movie, I put myself in um, Christian Bale's character. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, I, first off, you got to, I don't know, I don't see why he has to do those things. Well, he was just trying to survive at that point. I mean, he was. Yeah. Uh, I, yeah, I guess. All right. Well, let's move on to Wolf of Wall Street. So, what's this? Th- how many stars are we giving this one? What are you giving it? Three, two, uh, three and a half to four. Three and a half to say. four for um, American Hustle. Yeah, I would. Oh, but you, Lord. what yours might be a little different. Uh, I I remember telling Sean that I would do like three and a quarter, but he was a little mad at me. Wolf of Wall Street. Okay, here's the problem with this movie. <laughs> um, I saw this preview and it looked like it was going to be a complete glorification of Wall Street capitalism. It looks like there was never going to be a uh, any pain or sort of a, a look at saying like, wait a minute, this excess greed is too much. That's what the previews looked like. So, you know, and it looked very flashy. It looked very saturated, like the colors and stuff like that look very saturated and like just uh, sleek and slick and Overproduced, maybe I don't know, um, and you know I feel like that's what uh, Martin Scorsese he maybe he's doing a little too much, overwhelming the the films a bit. Um, now you guys saw this. This was three hours. Now let's be honest. Did you go to the bathroom during the movie? No. Did you really have to go when you were done? Uh, I I did when I was done. Was it painful sitting there though? I mean, sometimes I drink. You got to really time it out, Peter. I have. Pretty good bladder control. Okay, maybe I have medical issues. Who knows? So, um, what do you? Th- so, tell me about this movie. What you guys seemed to like it, didn't you? No. Okay. Well, I liked it. I liked it. Okay, Peter. Let's start with the negative. Am I right? Everything I said, my little. I didn't see the movie, but no, no, you're not right in like completely. I think some of your stuff has credence. Um, Let's start at the fact that, yes, it was three hours long, and no, it did not need to be. Okay, okay. I agree with that. I felt that um, I was actually speaking with Sean about this last night. Um, It 
it's uh, Martin Scorsese. Yeah. And unlike a lot of his projects that I feel he has like a very strong vision of what he wants the end project to be, this one felt like he had a very strong vision of like particular scenes and a feel. But then by the time the finished product came around, it was really scattershot. Like he had lots of stuff in that it felt like he liked it all, but didn't know how to edit himself, edit it out or turn it into a strong, cohesive film. Okay, I didn't see the movie, but here's what I imagined. Young guy, go-getter, gets to Wall Street, maybe comes from working class origins or maybe his dad's whatever, who cares? Maybe that plays a role. Then he gets excess, excess. Then he's starting to realize, oh, this is too, you know, he he's still not happy. And then he just, the excess drives him to start making poor decisions. Maybe he's doing drugs, cheating on his wife or whatever. And then things come crashing down. And then maybe uh, that one woman he saw earlier in his life, he gets back together with her and she, and everything's nice. And he, oh, I do love, you know what, there is more important things in life. And yeah, I learned my lesson. There's some of that, but oh, not really. Not, but not some of that, but not really. That getting back together with the the earlier part of his life and realizing everything's. So, but but is it that narrative of excess and then oh this is causing problems and. What? Wait, wait, there is part of that, but it's not a. Is that the point of the movie? Well, no. I thought the point of the movie was, I thought it was a total indictment of that kind of culture and lifestyle and. The, the excess, the arrogance, so the, it the does, pointlessness, the so it stupidity does show of the people. That, that this just um, – because it's like a lot of nudity, right? Like hookers or whatever. And drugs, drugs and, 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 and just arrogant – the way they treat people, their immaturity. The oh, fact okay. that th these people well, really like – and the fact that these people really aren't that intelligent. And they're, they've become super, super rich, not from anything they've created. Being in the right place at the right time. Right, or in, just in exploiting people. It, you know, and exploiting exploiting the the creations of others. What is his actual job, Leonardo DiCaprio? Like stockbroker, he he forms his own stockbroker firm. Well, and kind of to add on to the depravity of what they're doing, he actually ends up making all of his money by initially doing penny stocks. So he's exploiting, you know, blue collar workers at the beginning, oh, God, and yeah. finally decides that he amps it up by like selling penny stocks off to you know super rich super rich people hmm. so i mean do you feel that he gets his comeuppance and stuff or well he does but even if even if um even if the he does get his comeuppance but even if he didn't get his comeuppance the film is still totally indicting that culture even before it gets to that point you don't need you don't necessarily need a like a punishment for the person I or do. have their oh, to, have to have an the, indictment of I'll tell you of, what have you seen the movie Michael Clayton I haven't seen it in years yeah with George Clooney the, <clears throat> yeah I saw it yes. and this is when I uh, oh who's the actress that you and I Tilda like Swinton. Tilda Swinton there's a scene in that movie which is so savory and awesome when Michael um, Clayton uh, George Clooney gives Tilda Swinton the comeuppance and she feels it she, she has oh. like a she goes into like uh, panic attack. Panic attack yeah, spasm. I mean, it, it, yeah, but it's like subtle, but it's like, oh man, the walls are coming down. It's yeah. awesome. And but I, you really like you really like Hollywood endings. Like the, the oh, there's on. the definite good guy and the definite bad guy and the definite good guy always wins. Well, um, that's your. I don't know. If, sometimes I do. <laughs> <laughs> I guess when it's um, when it's closer to home and it's more real, like uh, the, my 
political views and my worldview are always losing. So in that sense, I kind of want them to sort of win in the films. But um, when it's things that I, I guess I don't care about as much, maybe not. I don't. But know. I thought the film did a very good job of really capturing the sickness and the arrogance of that culture. Okay, so you have actually both convinced me that I should see this. Um, but you're going to give it what? Three stars? I give it three stars. And uh, Peter? Two and a half. Any other thoughts on Wolf of Wall Street? Yes. Go ahead. Can I, I, I'm so ready to rip. Go ahead. Um, so here's my thing. Um, yes, it is an indictment of the depravity of that culture. Um, and I think, frankly, it's been getting a lot of traction um, because people are saying, oh, actually, it is celebrating it. But I think the true thing about it is the fact that like someone who watches it and thinks like, oh, this looks wonderful, like the problems with them. Right. But that, that happens. Yes. This isn't my problem. My problem is it's 2013 and I understand it's supposed to be showing a milieu of like what was going on and like attitudes towards women. But I still find in 2013 that I'm watching a movie where virtually all the female characters oh, are prostitutes yes. or victims. I like this. This is a very good point. So there's not really a strong female character that's, or, or there, there's no... There, there is one... If they are, they're a prostitute or something. There's one female character that kind of escapes that, but it's, mm -hmm. she's so liminal that, I mean, you know the Bechdel test? No. It was based on this kind of, it was based on a comic, and it randomly kind of just got taken up, and it's, I think, based on, like, three criteria. Are there more than, is there more than one female character in the film? Um, do those characters talk to each other, and do those characters talk to each other about something other than men? Wow, I like this. And if it passes the test, you know, I mean... It doesn't. It's deemed, it, it's deemed like a better. Well, or, there's a, it just passes the test. Right. Just, okay. But um, I would have to go back to kind of re-see it. But I mean, frankly. Well, that's when you. That's what kind of movie you you make. You get when you get a sixty-five-year-old uh, uh, dude making a movie, or however old he is. Well, especially. No, I don't think so. Well, he's. Old, I think he's older than sixty-five. But seventy-two. But it's or, definitely because it's about this guy it's not going to be showing women in a positive light at all. Okay. Um, that's a very great point. I, that makes sense to me, and uh, I've been trying to be more mindful of that type of, that type of uh, view when watching films myself. Um, okay, so... Okay, those are the... How many movies did we do there? Four? Five? Those are the kind of ones I really wanted to talk about. Then I want to kind of blow through a couple, uh, several more of these. So, Gravity... Sure. Everyone should see this movie. It's a fun movie, right? Absolutely. Very good movie. Now, Very did you well see done. it in three, 3D? Yes. This is yeah. George Clooney and Sandra Bullock, both great in it? Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Sandra Bullock looks pretty good. Yeah. 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 Um, makes me not want to go in space. How about you guys? Yeah, I never wanted to go in space, but I yeah, did. it reinforces. It, I did before then, and now I kind of don't, because I don't want, like, space shrapnel to take my head off. <laughs> um... I'm going to give that three stars out of four. I'd give it at least three and a half. Well, it's hard yeah. to judge that because that movie is what it is. So maybe it should get four. I don't know. I mean, but it's not something that's very deep or whatever. I, I think it's a movie that kind of defies. Well, I mean, I remember reading about the first 20 minutes is one take. 
Like, it's one shot. Uh Uh-huh. But, I mean, it's not really a traditional shot because it's all, you know, kind of CGI. Yeah. But, like, the scope of it is so kind of wonderfully monumental. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it does what it does so amazingly well. Like, it's a white-knuckle kind of film for the entire hour and a half. And it's not too much, and it's not... I mean, you could say some of it's over the top, but I think it's perfect. It's that perfect balance. You're not, like... Um, there's not too much explosions or whatever. There's still enough human element in it that it's a nice balance. Yeah. yeah. I, f- I feel like it's a, you know, an incredibly well... It sounds like I'm insulting it by saying, like, it's a incredibly well-built movie, but I mean that yeah, as, like, yeah. a high compliment. 3D is a, it was a great way to see it, too. Yeah. Mm, yeah. And I am not a fan, for the most part, of 3D. In fact, that was the second best movie I think I've seen in 3D. Avatar was the first. Oh, we saw Life of Pi, and that, I think... Was it good in 3D? Yeah. I think that... Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah that I was guess good. I can see that. And we saw Hugo was good. Hugo, let's not what? get on that. I don't like Hugo. <laughs> I, I thought that was a terrible movie, and I All right, well. I don't need a whole three hours on film preservation. Sorry. <laughs> um, God, I hated that movie. All right, well, that'll okay, be another um, time. Ain't Them Body Saints. What is that? Is that a foreign film? Nope. No. It's set in Texas. Um, it's kind of... Who's in it? Rooney Mara and... Casey um, Affleck? Casey Affleck. Rooney Mara, she's the one that does the... Um, Dragon tattoo. And wasn't she also in uh, Prometheus? No. that That's the other woman. She, Rooney Mara was the one in the, the American, or the English language, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Oh, Prometheus, she played the... Okay, that's a different... She played it in the Swedish... In the Swedish, in okay. Rapace. Um, Ain't Them Body Saints, what's it about? Um, it's about... Oh, golly. Um, it has a very kind of Terrence Malick feel to it, which is, um, you know, lots of long, lingering kind of looks at the Texas landscape and very much about the mood. Um, and plot-wise, it's a lot mm. less important. Casey Affleck mm. and his wife commit a crime at the beginning of the film. Okay. He kind of a, he is still in prison. He goes to prison and kind of escapes and because then kind of she has a child and he like constantly escapes because he wants to be there you know with her and the child but it's very subtle i mean it sounds like there's a lot of stuff going on and the, well yeah is it like a silent film or what no it's not silent it, it isn't but it feels it feels very mood driven rather than plot driven to me is it long no probably about 2 hours and what would you guys give this a rating oh, 3 God. stars for me yeah, I, I liked it a little bit more. I'd give it a strong three stars. What did you, why did you like it more? Because I, I like mood-driven film. Okay. That that was, can really was there work. a nice like soundtrack kind of like a, a sound kind of going on with it too? That kind of like yeah, that it, gave you a nice. It was kind of like a full. This okay? Does this is this movie? Um, what you're describing to my audience sounds like. There will be blood. Yes, but. A lot less dark, okay. more more kind of melancholy, less, okay. and not of... nearly as much dialogue. Like there was a lot of dialogue, and there will be blood. Yeah, like yeah. Daniel Day Lewis had, but that's a mood driven kind of, isn't it? Well, no, well, maybe you're wrong. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, because I mean that's based based on that specific book. Or, well, loosely, it's but, like the first part. Um, okay. Um, what are we giving that three stars? You said I already said that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay, um, Francis Ha, this is that movie um, that... Who's the director of this? Noah Baumbach. Noah Baumbach, The Squid and the Whale. Yes. Great movie. People should see it. I like that movie. I thought it was a good movie. You don't like it? I think I got to it after the reputation. Oh, so, so then it spoils. Yeah. Spoils. Okay. So what's this movie about? This is a woman that has problems or something? She's a goofball? Well, I was actually the one of, of the duo. I was the only one who saw this. Oh, and, okay. Um, it is shot in black and white. Uh, Noah Baumbach and his current mm. muse slash lover, Greta Gerwig, is the star. And um, yeah, she's, she's very socially awkward. Um, but she's a character that, as you were saying before, you know, for all intents and purposes, you shouldn't like her because she, like, screws things up. She can't... Isn't she like a Mr. Magoo type of thing, you know? Not... Mr. Magoo, you know, his handicap kind of keeps him from doing things right, but she's more just like she can't pull herself together. She okay. can't make herself work. She seems kind of emotionally stunted. This is a movie that some people, when they watch it, they're just like frustrated. Like, Jesus, like, just come on. Get yeah. it together. Like, I don't care. Come on. I think so. But it also, I mean, it's very obvious that Noah Baumbach is in love with her and kind of makes us love her as well. Okay. Is there like a central plot to this? She's trying to get a job at Target or something? Her, or? her friend, she lives with a friend who whom they've known each other for like goodness knows how long and um they have a very close relationship one may say almost a little too close uh-huh. and her friend moves out with her boyfriend and it kind of th- oh it's like just uh, yeah throws her world into turmoil we were basically a couple and right now it's like oh my god how am i gonna survive and so she kind of I mean, there. I kind of like that idea. Actually, there, there are yeah. some amazing scenes. Like she just randomly flies to France, um, and ends up taking meds to help herself sleep because she had like such a bad time on the plane, and literally sleeps her entire day in France away, and like wakes up at like five o'clock and then has to leave. That's like a Portlandia episode, by the way, <laughs> where they go to. They go to like they think they go to France and they're t- so tired from the trip, they go for three days and they like oversleep and they're like, oh my god, we gotta catch our plane. Um, actually, uh, what's she do for a living? That's important to me. Oh. You know what? I she just has money. No, I don't think I. I'm not exactly sure. I do remember her bouncing between jobs. It's that type of okay. character, okay. like can't keep a job. Now let's get with another. So we'll you're gonna give that a three out of four. Because that's what you guys all get movies. I, I I would love to give that a little bit more. I'd love to give that like a three and a half. Okay. Carrie. Now, why would they remake this movie? That movie was fine by itself. It seems like they made it a little darker, a little gorier, a little bit more... You know, they used the special effects a little better. But, um... Do you need to remake it? Do you? No. You don't. Okay. You don't. But it's remade. So we go and watch it and we say, Yeah, but it was okay or what? Oh, no, that was good. Um. Once again, I was the only one. I know who Sean. Saw this. Sean refused to see this movie, but you don't like horror movies. No, I didn't you, refuse. You get scared, right? You have a. You get easily scared and frightened. Sometimes. Fair enough. Um, did you? You? Why did you see this, Peter? Because of Julianne Moore. Oh yeah. Okay. She's the mom. She is. And she's mean, and she's a good actress. She's an amazing actress. Yeah, she has yeah, been yeah. doing incredibly bad movies recently um was this a bad one 
Uh, well, let me say that I actually felt that her contribution to the film was one of its strongest qualities, that it turns the mother not into simply a religious fanatic, but a very deeply troubled um, single mother who yeah. is dealing with intense like mental disability. And she get very she's like so worried about her kid. And well, I mean, she she's like fanatical. And she like self harms. Excuse me. May God's great love smile upon. Which me. one did you like better? The original. <laughs> All right, sorry about that sneezing. Um, okay, well, let's a uh, couple more here. So we're got, not going to recommend people see that, unless you really like Julianne Moore. I think if you liked the original, it's still it's still, if it's on TV and you're it still cable. has that satisfying quality. By the time you get to the end, it's it's wonderfully like choreographed and yeah. orchestrated, and such a wonderful right okay. comeuppance for all the horrible. You know, yeah, I want to see that. I want to see you want to see the last twenty minutes. Yeah, fast forward to that but part. No, no, but you have to see. You have to watch it up to then because it's the good payoff. Unless you're like me and you just want to see comeuppances just all the time. Oh, okay. You know, but um, okay, fair enough. We're gonna go to To the Wonder. Um, what is that? Is that a foreign film? I've never heard of that uh, one. That's a movie directed by Terrence Malick, which is basically uh, a foreign film. Uh, very um his films are very unique what did he make uh he made the thin red line thin red he line made which Tree is kind of, of an life. action movie but not that much well, action. I um that's the one about north korea right uh, no i think it's japan in world war oh, 2 okay. um he did tree of life tree of life was a long meandering movie about a difficult no, no one knows what nobody knows to this day nobody knows what that movie's about difficult to understand uh very abstract um, like Peter was talking about before, very mood Tree of Life oriented. has the most Not a lot of doesn't plot. It, doesn't Tree of Life have the most well, people that have walked out of a movie? Well, I when I saw it in the theater, it was the record for me. A lot I saw a lot of people just get up and walk <laughs> out of the theater. I don't know how many many people. Yeah. Um, and it was during a scene where they have. It's actually very beautiful, but it goes on for a very long time, where it kind of shows what it, like essentially like the creation of the earth. And there's very beautiful music and the images and the but it go it goes on for a very long time. <laughs> because for all intents and purposes, if you see the trailer, you think it's going to be a story about this family Brad that lives Penn. in Texas. Sean Penn. And there, it literally feels like just a random tangent suddenly broke into the film, and you're seeing dinosaurs. And like it sounds like it I want to see be that silly. scene. I want to see that scene. It's, what I see. The thing is, it's amazing, and he has a great understanding of imagery and he uses gorgeous music it sounds like that scene should be in like science movies it, it does have like a almost like a 2001 quality well, no, no, to i it. mean like biology like science movies like when, uh. like, a, like, a, like a pbs type <laughs> yeah 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 okay but anyways this movie the what are we talking about again? to the wonder to the wonder is this the same type of uh, abstract pointless y you well not pointless abstract very abstract um it's about um, a young man uh, played by Ben Affleck who falls. Oh, wow, big star. Yeah, kind of like Brad Pitt and from Tree of Life. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, and he falls in love with a woman uh, who has a child, I believe in France, and then they return back to America. And it's just about kind of the dissolution of their relationship. But it, once again, very mood-driven. Uh, like that's almost the background to like the 
Well, it's about kind of the feelings. The it's literally the kind of the feelings and all of the imagery and all of the music um, are kind of extensions of the mood being set by that right, relationship. Like, I compared apart. like seeing a Terrence Malick movie. I said to Peter is like Lars von Trier. Well, no, it's like. Um, when when you go to see the opera, which I started doing for the first time, you 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 want to know the full story before, before you go in, so you can just kind of experience the images and the music and kind of. The Terrence Malick's movies are like that, where you might, if you go in knowing nothing about it, you might not pick up a story. So you have to you, see, what you have to. How do you do that? You have to you, see it twice. Well, no, you want to do some research about it. Is it? A, I mean, these aren't based on novels, are they? Or no. They're, they usually have a very heavy autobiographical aspect to them. But I think the thing is, when people see them, it's less about kind of trying to, like, follow the plot and more just kind of letting go. And, like, if you miss plot details, it's not as important. So it's like the visual and the feeling and the mood. Yeah. I, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, you got to get you got to get zoned into that. Maybe take a couple Quaaludes. Maybe drink a glass of scotch. Smoke a J. Drink a cup of coffee. Just sit there and, and absorb it. Yeah. It's not a whodunit. It's not a. Oh, certainly not. It's, no, not, it's not. It's not plot driven. But by the time oh. you hit the end, there's no reveal. Right. All right. So we're gonna give that a negative two stars. No, I give it a three. A three. Okay. Peter. Um, I, it wasn't his strongest, so I mean, but yeah, I. I three. Yeah. I'm All right. Sorry. Fine. <laughs> okay. Um. Okay. Only God forgives. Oh, there we go. Is this a foreign film? It's set it in Thailand like a by a Danish yeah. director. Okay, so it's but it's English speaking American. Well, English, it's and, English Thai. and Thai. And what's this one about? Oh golly. Uh, so this is the um, follow-up film to Drive. Oh, Drive, which was a very good movie with. Um, I loved it. With, Ryan uh, Gosling. Ryan Gosling, yeah. Who's a pretty good actor, I think. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he is. Um, he's better than the average bear. No, no, he he is. Um, but I think that this film, where all the things in Drive really worked, all the things in this film failed to work. Okay. So his acting, while it really worked well in Drive to create this character that is subtle in Drive. Yeah. He was almost a cipher. Yeah. The, whom you could kind of place your own interpretation yeah, on. Right, right, right. This one. And that's hard to pull off. It was, but in this context, Ryan Gosling's acting just created a blank. Because you can only get so much with a stare and a smirk and a right a, a flat effect. Yes, yeah, so this movie had like a lot of buildup, a lot of hype, w really talked about. This is really great. We saw it at the Cinematheque. The person who runs the Cinematheque really talked it up. This, this is an auteur film. It's really amazing. Oh, so you had and high expectations then. So that's also a problem. Well, and we really like Drive. So we right. came into it with the yes. Yeah, but if you have those high expectations, that screws it up. Because I, some of the best movies I've seen have been because of low expectations. Well, this is true, but I can guarantee if I rewatch this movie, I won't like you it. You won't like it. Okay, so let's just say don't watch that. We've been going on for a while here. I want to finish up with... Um, a movie that's just strangely on the list. Um, it does. It's kind of an outlier, and um, I like movies like this. Um, let me just see. Did we get everything? Oh wait, did I talk about uh, 
Ain't the Body Saints. Yes, yeah, we, we did. That. We okay. did. Um, Monsters You. Okay, now Sean didn't see this movie, but Peter did, and um, I haven't. I don't have kids. I don't really see cartoon movies, but uh, I can enjoy them. You saw this movie. It's like a cartoon. Yes, but it's a, it's a Pixar, Pixar film. Um, what do you think? I enjoyed it. Um, it wasn't the strongest Pixar film I've ever mm-hmm. seen, but I really liked the first Monsters Inc. And is this um, the second? It's, or is this like a franchise, like a third, or like it's a, a prequel? A, a, it's a prequel. It shows the two main characters, Mike and Sully, okay. meeting in college, kind of growing up together. Um, it's it's really interesting. Um, I love being able to watch um, you know these children's films because they have kind of a purity to them in many ways. Yeah, yeah. They're smart. Um, you know, the really good ones can be very smart. They can be very entertaining. I heard Brave is really good. I heard that as well. And I like the fact that that's a strong female character. And for young girls, I think that's a great thing. I want to see that. Um, do you think this would be good for little kids, this movie? Or is it almost too smarty? Well, there is a really interesting message that I have kind of two minds about by the time you get to the end. But it involves spoilers. Are we allowed to do that? Mm. Yeah, because it's Monsters You. Okay. So, ultimately, what ends up happening is they do a little bit of cheating to get to succeed at the oh, end. Oh, I see. But, and then they're punished for it. And in many ways, I think that's a very interesting message, and a message that you don't tend to see in children's movies, which is the good guys cut corners, and they don't get away with it. That's yeah. good, then, yeah. yeah. Yes, but they still end up succeeding, which... They're having their cake and eating it, too. Seems like there's almost like a kind of a conservative mindset fueling it, and that they're like, it's not about, you know, going to college, getting a degree, and succeeding. It's about, oh, they dropped out of college, and they're pulling themselves up by their bootstraps. Uh-huh. Okay, okay, all right, okay. Well, I'd have to see it. I'd like to see it. Um... Okay, well, thank you guys for uh, being on the show today. Um, any thoughts on general about the films of 2013? And then I want to get your thoughts on future movies that you haven't seen, but just on general, the movies you've seen in 2013, would you say this has been basically a three-star year? Because that's what it sounds like you... <laughs> um, probably. I mean, there are a lot of movies we're very excited about that came out in 2013 that we haven't seen yet, so we can't fully... I feel yeah. You I didn't judge. see Fruitvale Station, did you? No, we did no. not. Yeah, yeah. I feel like we didn't actually see a lot of the four star films of the year. I'm gonna make one recommendation. If you can find somebody that has a giant television, um, I saw a movie with Tom Cruise that I really, really liked, and it's a lot of science fiction cliches. But I thought it's, I think it's shot in Iceland or whatever. Um, it's called uh, Oblivion. And I thought it was wonderful. And I don't know what the name of the actress is in it. She's great. Tom Cruise is fine. And um, highly recommend seeing it. I saw it by myself in the theater when I moved to Harrisburg. And um, I really like that movie. Okay. Future movies coming up that you want to see that you think are going to be good or uh, that you're excited to see. Um, well, 12 Years a Slave. I've really heard that. I want to see that. And I've heard everybody, I've heard multiple comments about that after you see it. It's very difficult. That yeah. you feel like, you know, just you have a lot of anger or sadness. It brings, and I'm worried about that, but I do want to see that. Um, 
I think I like that guy that makes that movie. Steve McQueen. He's a British director. Yeah. I like, uh, I like he him. He made um, Hunger. Did you see Hunger? No. About the Irish, um, the hunger strikes? No. The hunger strike? No, 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 it, it's no. A, That's a solid movie. When I hear him on radio interviews or read stuff by him, he seems very bright and uh, I, he has seems to have good sensibilities about things. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's solid. Um, Nebraska is another movie. I have heard about Excited. that. Excited. Yeah. Alexander Payne is a really great director. Um, heard really good things about. Grudge Match is that going to be on the? Uh, <laughs> no, probably not. Okay, probably forget not. about that. Uh, her. Oh, um, that's a movie. That... I absolutely want to see her. That guy's a great actor. I feel like my wife is basically that person. She loves her phone. You know, it's about the phone. Right. Right. Um. Um, I really want to see her. Yeah. Inside Lewin Davies, the Coen Brothers film? Yes, yes. I want to see that as well. Yes, 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 yes. Any other films you're excited about? Um, well, the the one foreign movie I am excited about was the the guy who directed a Separation, Asghar Farhadi, or the or Iranian director. He um, won the Oscar for foreign language film for a Separation, and he has a new movie out called, called The Past. The Past, and I'm excited about that and won the best actress award at the con film festival this year yeah. and and that should be um interesting any movies of 2014 though that you think other mm -hmm. 2014 i saw some previews i don't know if there was anything good though that was you know, well the, i don't the, the beginning year is always kind of like some crappers you know well and it's like the wide release of all of the films that you know just didn't had, well didn't come out in 2013 yeah yeah all right, uh, um, you guys want to go see Anchorman 2? I've not really seen it, but I'll see it again. No, I don't think so. All right, well, thanks for being on the show. Okay, thanks, Sean and Peter. I uh, look forward to seeing Blue Jasmine. I did see Wolf of Wall Street, and I pretty much agree with what Peter had to say. Okay, we have more shows definitely in the hopper. I will try to be doing these once every three weeks. Follow your New Year's resolutions. All right. Thanks. Show. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash prcshow or follow us on Tumblr at prcshow.tumblr.com. All of these episodes can be found at soundcloud.com slash prcshow. Your host is Paul Robert Cooley Jr. Technological consultant, sound design, host curation, and music production is also by Paul Robert Cooley. Emotional support brought to you by the roommates of Salvador and Kate G. Executive producers Josh Ferris, all labors donated. Thanks for listening.